to the DIY Animation Show, where we get to the heart of what it means to be an independent animator. I'm Lauren Morse. And I'm Jessica Dahl. Together with our guests, we'll explore tips, tricks, the psychological, the fundamental, and above all, how to make whatever you can with whatever you've got. From the keys to the breakdowns and everything in between. The timing's right to do it yourself. Let's get rolling! here with part two of our interview with Jim, DIY heavyweight champ. That's right. You could say that it's time for some more Jim Lujan talk. Why, yes, Jess. I think you could. (laughs) Yes, indeed, Lauren. Indeed. (laughs) Today, we talk more on revengeance and how Jim and Bill made their long distance collab work. Jim's top tips for making truly DIY animation. Why he never went totally digital. The fun of recording parties. And Young Jim gives us a lesson on swagger. Oh, man. Jim's joyful, resourceful approach to making his projects, whether by himself or with other people, continues to bring him a fulfilling and fresh creative experience. Yes, it does. And with that, let's get to it. Yeah! What's it been like to collaborate on a film uh, as opposed to just creating one on your own? Like, has there been any, like, have you had to adjust at all in regards to, like, how you navigate uh, the creation of it? Or are you all pretty in sync with each other? Or how's it all working out? Well, for me, this the, the collab, collaboration's been all positive because um, even when it comes to something like writing it, I was able to write these, you know, animated scenes that have all this animation in them. And I, I would think, I don't have to draw this. This is so... And then Bill would think, you know, <laughs> why don't you drive 15,000 people in a stadium and I have to, you know... Um, but it was there was like almost no limits when I was writing it. I could just go free. Whereas if it was if I was writing for myself, I would constantly be thinking of cheats. Like, okay, well, maybe you don't show this. And the other thing too is watching... I, I have worked on my own stuff by myself for so long that to me, it's a joy to have people interpret my words or work, you know, and, and come out different than I expected. I have no control issues when it comes to that because, you know, especially, well, I mean, it's kind of, it's Bill Plimpton too. That's, that helps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, so it's been, I, I love sending something over and then, um, cause so, some of the scenes that we've done or some of the, areas of the film that we've done um i i storyboarded a little bit of it or i like with bill example bill would say hey jim what does this gas station look like can you send me some drawings of what you think it looks like and then i'll send them he uses those as reference but it's still bill plimpton you know drawing it and and then other scenes i get back and it looks different than i expected but it blows me away because it's it's different in a in the best of ways so it's been a joy. Like, I love collaborating. I, I really do. I think um, I'm a good team player. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it seems like you guys have really uh, 
just kind of like pushing each other's strengths. And, uh, mm. and also I, I, the 15,000 people in the stadium, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like the possibilities are endless. So, so, so to speak. Well, to be fair, it was 17,000. So, you know, 17. <laughs> I, I get his point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you and Bill are discussing revengeance and like progress on it and stuff, how do you, cause obviously I think you're on different sides of the States, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Literally different coasts. Yeah. So how do you kind of, how do you make the collaboration work over that kind of distance? Um, I think early on when I was, well, we, we'd met a few times in person, mm-hmm. you know, or in the early stages, especially, you know, we talked, but then it became the script became kind of our, our, um, our map, you know, to keep us on both on the same trail. So once we had the, once I wrote the script and it was done and we were, we were following that, then Bill reaches out and he'll say, Hey, I need this. Or, Hey, how does this look? Or in this scene, you know, and then Bill did a storyboard to it too. Cool. So he did a, a storyboard and, um, we would go over that. So it really has been piece by piece. We've been you know, tackling every right now. They're on the, the second half, probably reaching the fourth quarter of animation. I think he's going to be done in about a month or so of, of doing a line art animation. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to go in and add any additional voices that we need to do, add those. And then the music, I have some of the music recorded, but um, once I get a, a, r- a really rough edit of the film, then I'll, um, I'll write some music to match that. Cool. So, yeah. So it's been a really, it's been a fairly easy process. Um, yeah. I know he's done a lot of work. So work-wise, it's been heavy. But mm. as far as pain, it's been, it's been the opposite. It's been <laughs> a joy. It's been a lot of good times working on this. That's great. And so do you, do you have like calls over Skype to discuss stuff? And uh, I don't know. Do you like use Dropbox no, for showing files? Just phone. Or? Oh yeah, Dropbox. Yeah, they use Dropbox for uh, showing me the the work in progress. But uh, with Bill, when I contact him, it's always phone. Right. Yeah, he's not a, he's not a big email guy. <laughs> <laughs> so that's and that's actually good though. I like that. I prefer that. Yeah. You know, I like human contact. So, and then uh, yeah, the editing process is going to be interesting. I I think we've been talking about. It. I think I'm going to have to like. It sounds like it's a pain. I'm going to have to make a trip to New York. But I, I, <laughs> oh, no. I, I have to go to New York again. Um, <laughs> but I think when the editing starts, I might have to help with that in person, at least at first. I don't know. I don't know how that's yeah. going to work, but it'll be interesting. But, it'll uh, be an so adventure. Far, it sure will. And so far, so good. I mean, it's coming along together really seamlessly. So that's nice. Yeah, that's yeah. wonderful. I'm trying to learn too. I'm trying to learn as much as I can so that I can apply it to my own films and my own process of making films going forward. Mm. Because that's really the ultimate goal is to, to do what he's doing is to make features or series. You know, now that we have this inner web thing, <laughs> um, it, it would be really cool to do some, you know, some series um, t- like TV series on that, you know, even putting them out myself, something. I just want to do longer form stuff in, in one form or another. Yeah. Oh, that would be so good. This shorts business is just got to go. That's great. <laughs> is, there, um, is there something that you've learned from working with Bill so far that you're excited to bring into your process after Revengeance? Mm. Wow. Everything I've learned from him, I, I, when I try to apply it, it's like, God, this is so hard. <laughs> 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 Bill, why can't you be more lazy, Bill, and do easy stuff? 
because he does everything <laughs> the hard way and the it's the right way and the good way but it's like he's like for reals you know it's almost like saying hey how'd you get that six-pack abs he's like well i do five thousand sit-ups a day no that's not what i wanted to hear <laughs> <laughs> and it's like there's that lazy monster again be like uh i don't know about that <laughs> yeah that lazy monster and me are both sitting on the couch watching bill animate because he's he does things the the real way the old-fashioned way he draws everything and and he draws it well. Um, and when I try to apply that to my stuff, I go, well, maybe that's not my forte. So <laughs> I, I think it's more along the lines. I'm, I'm looking at the business of animation, the good, the bad, the ugly. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a, he does a lot, like as far as getting distributors and stuff. I mean, Plimtoons is – there's a reason he's been in the business so long. So I'm really trying to learn that side of things too because the artistic side – um, he inspires me, but I don't know if he's going to influence me because that's a he has a whole nother bag of tricks, you know, maybe just to be better, I guess, to be a better person in life. That's how he inspires me. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. What about um? because the business of animation is so important, is there anything in regards to business that you think would be really good for DIY animators today? to implement for themselves? Yeah, I would say on one hand, don't be afraid to put your stuff out there because, oh, I don't want somebody stealing it because that's really silly and that will just hold you back from putting your good ideas out there. And the other thing is, if you do put your stuff out there, you know, uh, make sure people know about it so that it's proof that you're the guy that put it out there or yeah, <laughs> that put it out there. Um, and um, I'd say learn to take that fear away if you have that fear. That's a fear that's going to only hold you back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's quoting Yoda, I think, right there. <laughs> that guy, though, he's got some great quotes. There's just, just kind of a few, just kind of a few, you know, amazing quotes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I bet Yoda would make a fantastic DIY animator on that. Note. Oh, I bet. He totally would. It's like that whole do or do not. There is no try. He wouldn't even have to pick up the pencil. He just... <laughs> just wave his hand. <laughs> yeah. Animate with a force. Oh, man kind of off the back of that I was saying to Jess earlier it feels strange to call your films personal projects because you've got so many of them do you find that it's kind of become a full-time job for you now no no it's it's all one big personal project all my films it's a it's a personal um it's a personal compulsion that's what it is it's like I have to do like this this is a way I have to express myself no matter what so um, and as far as, you know, that's another thing too, I've always, you know, whether or not I'm working a nine to five, I have always found time a little bit here, a little bit there to work on these. So it, it is almost like a sculpture where you just chip away at it. Mm. You know, if you've got 10 minutes to work on something, work on it for 10 minutes. Um, that's another reason I never went totally digital because, um, I like to, if I'm, going to be somewhere you know like go on a trip or something and i can't take a laptop you know i got my sketchbook i could still work on a film i could draw backgrounds or i could draw you know characters or and then come back and scan them in and you've got all this work done you know it all it all adds up so i've developed a method where where i can you know work on it under any circumstances that's important you know and i and that i tell people that too 
when they ask me about how do, how do you build up such a big body of work, I just say, you find a work method that works for you. You know, it, everybody doesn't have the same work method. So find a work method that you're going to enjoy doing and then go with that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Did it take you a while to come to the work method that, uh, that you use now? Like, was there a lot of trial and error figuring what that was for you? Yeah, I think at the beginning, I thought at the beginning, I thought <laughs> I was going to have to draw a lot more, you know, pictures to animate something. Um, I thought every, you know, and I realized, oh, you can kind of reuse artwork. When I discovered that, that changed everything. And it is it is kind of a cheat, you know, but if you disguise it, you can you can really leave the the viewer with a sense that you've created a lot more artwork than you've actually done. So, and that, that, but again, that's, there's certain people like Bill doesn't do that. Bill doesn't reuse artwork. He, he draws everything, every, every shot. And, um, I would probably be in an insane asylum if I had to do that. Um, <laughs> while, while I do like drawing, I don't like redrawing and redrawing and redrawing. But, um, yeah, once I discovered cer- certain tricks in, and things that made storytelling a lot more fun and easy to do. You know, it's still a lot of work, though. Mm. Mm-hmm. Do you have any particular favorite tips to help speed the process along? Yes. In Photoshop, um, if you take a character, I, I'll give you a good shadowing trick that I use. I take the marquee tool in, in Photoshop and I'll select a part of the character that I want shadow on. And then I go into the... Um, to the brightness contrast little t- pop-up tab or whatever, and mm-hmm. which is, I think, Command-B or something like that. I don't know. but uh, And then I just darken it there. I do and it, whatever you've so- selected with the lasso. will like So if you have a shadow under the nose, you know, it darkens it. You can adjust the level of darkness that you want. So, and if you select multiple parts on the same figure, you know, you got up here, up there, down here, you know, and it's all selected you can all adjust them all at the same time. So that's a good tool. And it works for light, lighting too. Because light, to me, lighting is really important in cartoons. Otherwise, mm-hmm. something looks really flat. And I never like that. When, mm. even, even the big studio stuff that I see, if it's flat and it, there's no lighting on it, it doesn't, to me, it doesn't, uh, I don't know, it's not a look that I really enjoy. Yeah. It feels a little, um, it's like there's flat. not as much... Yeah, yeah, it looks it looks flat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good word. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think lighting can be used to good emotional effect as well. Oh yeah, it's it in movies too. You know, mm-hmm. it's everything. Lighting, sound, sounds huge. Um, and I come from a sound background because I did recordings before I ever tried animation, and so. To me, a sound, the, the sound mix and the sound effects and the music and everything, that's a huge part of presenting something that's even remotely professional. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, one, one thing to stay away from, I would say, for, for the youngsters <laughs> is uh, if you're going to use a sound effect and, and you, know, you get it off the internet or if it's a canned sound effect or whatever, there has to be ambient noise in the background right because it's really quiet and all of a sudden somebody's opening a door and it's like it it sounds like oh look they used a sound effect right there (laughs) yeah you got to record the doorknob jiggle and you got to record maybe the traffic outside really faint in the background there has to be some kind of something to fool the ear so yeah that's a really great point actually because i in my short film that i did i 
I knew that I wouldn't be able to get the kind of sound effects that I wanted at the time. And I also knew that I wouldn't be able to record the dialogue because the the main character was a guy and I I had tried to do like quote unquote a guy's voice before and it did not sound good. <laughs> so I was like, if I have any other sound effects in this, it's gonna seem really out of place. Sure. So I just decided to go with just music over the top of it. Cause then you can kind of get away with not having any extra. Yeah, that's whatever works. Yeah, whatever works. The other thing too is I advise getting um, friends involved when you need voices. Yeah. Um, that's a really good thing to do. I I think for my first dozens of cartoons, I didn't use anybody else but me. But when you just kind of like what I do like to do now is I sprinkle, sprinkle it with guest stars. Like one here, one there, it makes a big difference. Yeah. Now, I'm hypocritical because the last, I think, two cartoons I have done were just me. But normally, I, I like to do that. Yeah, that's such a good idea. I suppose it kind of grows the community feeling about it as well. Because uh, the other people then also feel like, hey, I, I helped out on that project. And, you know, it's kind of this cool thing that, that they got to do, they got to work on. You have a built-in audience, too. Yeah. Yeah, wanna... that's true. Just make sure they're good. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But I found that creative people out there really want to be involved with projects. It's it's a lot easier to get people than you would ever think. Really? Yeah, because people, I mean, you're there's not as many people that do a skill like voiceover or like acting. They want they need they need the stage. So you're presenting mm. a stage for them. So it's kind of a cool thing. Yeah. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it that way before. And I think also you find among animators that they like doing weird voices anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I think it just comes with the territory to a certain extent. I think so too. I think it's part of our brain. While we're drawing it, we're hearing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of have a, uh, a technical question in regards to like recording friends' voices and things like that. Mm -hmm. So for those instances, do you bring them over to your house and you kind of have like a recording party so to speak or like do you have like a, a mobile setup that like mm -hmm. you would go like to your friend's place and record them there and then yeah. like and then like do I you have, have to I have done that I have done a recording party yeah um, yeah when I first started I um I would have friends over and and do it in that way but I found um you know what else works well like now Average, I have a laptop now, so I'll take the laptop and I have a little snowball mic and I'll take that and I just record it in either GarageBand or Logic. Those are the two programs I use uh, for recording audio. But I have a really good tip and trick for people that want to do get guest voices and I defy anybody to go to my cartoons and look at one of my guest voices and try to find where I did this because they can't. It sounds exactly <laughs> the same. Oh, man. Um, I have an iPhone and the voice recorder on the iPhone you can record uh, lines on those and they come out fantastic. They sound really good. Um, just to record them in a place with no echo. So in a carpeted room or a room that doesn't have a lot of echo. But yeah, I've used that. I've had friends say, hey, can you do a few you know, lines for this movie here? And, and you know, we'll be at their house or somewhere. And um, it works fantastic. The, the iPhone voice recorder is really good. And I think the Samsung, I had a friend send me some lines through the Samsung and it worked really well. So that's another thing, too. And if you have a friend that has a, a recording setup, too, have them just record it on theirs. And, and uh, if you have GarageBand, you can alter the EQ on it. 
to make it fit your film. So if they record it and it's too bassy, you can turn the bass down. You know, you can adjust it. So those are my, those are my good tips. Those are fantastic. And that's so accessible, too. Like, uh, just like, you know, there's got to be some. Oh, that's really cool. I'm really excited. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. It, it's like it may, I, I'm all about make it easy to create, like make it your, your creation method should be fun and easy. And then all of the pain and and agony should go into your storytelling. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's your, awesome. <laughs> all your energy, put it, save your energy just to tell a good story. And, you know, all the other uh, the window dressings, you know, the way the cartoon looks. But your the method itself should be pretty painless. Mm, that's great. Yeah, just make the method uh, painless and fun. And then like, oh, and then that just helps facilitate getting it done on top of it. It's just it's a good time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of time to be a tortured artist in other areas. So, you know, <laughs> well, why be a tortured animator? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, man, that's fantastic. Man, something I wanted to ask. This is uh, uh, a little off topic in the sense that like it's kind of a, a big segue. but. I remember hearing a story, and I, I think you talked about it on the Ghettomation podcast, which is fantastic, by the way. But you talked about how with your, like, I think it was your first animation or animatic that you went into, like, the public access TV station. Oh, and, yeah. And, like, and you just asked them to show your short. And, like, yes, that literally happened. <laughs> that is. Uh, the, the quick version is I, I recorded, at that time I was doing animatics, and I would draw on a on a sketch pad and I would film it with a VHS camera and then I would do audio video dub on a VHS tape to make my cartoon. I would match, basically I would record like a, a four minute skit and then take the audio and I would put that onto a VHS tape and then I would video dub over like to match the shots with an animatic kind of. So I made, I made a couple, I think I made three cartoons like that and I walked one day. I, I went down to a place called Buena Vision in in L.A. Um, it was my local public access, and I walked in, and there was a guy named Richard Estrada sitting there, and we just started talking. He was about my age, and we started talking. And I said, "Hey, uh, um, how do I get a TV show on here?" He's like, "Well, here, let me see your tape." And he played it, and he, he was laughing. He liked it, and he's like, "Well, yeah, we'll give you a show. Uh, what do you want to call it?" Jim <laughs> uh, Luhan Cartoon Show. That's, that's all I could think of. So you go, okay, here we go. And I'm about a week, a week and a half later, it was on the air, the first episode. So he goes, oh, this is great. You got another episode? And I was like, yeah, when I didn't. I was like, yeah. <laughs> so I went home and I just started. I, that's why I made a 15-minute cartoon. In fact, it was the one called Deranged. Um, it was a 15-minute cartoon what? to fill up time. And then the rest of the time, because we only needed like 22 minutes of programming. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of it, I just repeated what, what I played the first week, some of it. And then from then on, I did, I think I did, I had the show for a while, so I probably did maybe eight, 10, 12 episodes. I don't know. Wow. Um, and they would come out every other week. And yeah, and I would get fan mail years afterwards. I was getting fan mail or oh, complaints or whatever you call it. <laughs> but <laughs> but it, yeah, it was so much fun having having a live action show. And, you know, and they both, uh, um, it was a show called Illegal Interns. It was a, uh, there was a public access TV show. That was a live action show. It was kind of on, like they would do remote things and I would do animation for them too. And both of those guys have gone on to do great things in the industry, you know? So I'm really thankful that that was my first exposure to an audience. I know. <laughs> isn't that funny? It was on my first exposure to an audience was on public access in front of dozens of viewers. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, that's great. It was good times. <laughs> so it must have taken a lot of guts just to kind of turn up and be like, can you can you show my films? So how would you apply that kind of attitude of courageousness or swagger, I suppose? How would you apply that towards today's environment, whether that's digital or um, sort of other outlets? I think I think if somebody wants anything bad enough, and they believe in it enough, they'll do it to kind of, I don't want to say the cream rises to the top, but the, the people that want it bad enough, a lot of times rise to the top. And I would say for those, um, that are in the digital realm, I'd say, uh, don't get bogged down with the how as much, you know, or looking at other people's methods. I'll be specific. You don't, Everybody doesn't need to follow the same steps. Uh, everybody doesn't need to do a show Bible. Everybody doesn't need to have a full storyboard with full script. Everybody, you know, you just got to find what works for you to get the, the work done. And then also um, show it to people because that's that's like the huge, that's an elephant in the room. <laughs> you know, uh, you got to have people got to like it. Yeah. You know? So show it to people. Don't Don't hide it. Don't wait till it's perfect just show it to people and it'll work out and you'll get feedback and and you'll go you'll be happy you'll be sad the whole bit but ultimately it comes down to those that want it bad enough will get it you know those will be the ones out there that get it that that do that do the work and and um don't procrastinate you know and uh, yeah like i said i'm trust me i am the biggest procrastinator i'm the laziest <laughs> i i really am it's just that um i i wanted it bad enough to make these happen and then at the same time i made a method where it was easy enough for me to do that method to create it in the times that i have to do it so i just found a way to make it happen but um it's like anything else you know if a guy wants to you know um be a a ski jumper you know, <laughs> and he lives where there's no hills and he's going to move to where there's hills, you know. Um, and he so moves to those hills, sees that there's no snow there. <laughs> yeah. Then he's a, a, then he becomes a mud jumper. Oh um, man, that'd be so cool. <laughs> <laughs> he's literally carving his own path. <laughs> and there again is a great title, Mud Jumper. Write mud that jumper. down. Mud Jumper. Oh, man, I want to watch that. Sounds awesome. <laughs> that sounds like something an Australian would, like a, a slur. Like, ah, oh, you're nothing but a mud jumper. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, you could totally do that. You could. Although I don't know that there's a lot of mud in Australia. Certainly in the outback, it's quite dry, but still. You need rain to have mud. So. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that gym guy, he knows his stuff. I feel like if there's anyone who knows how to get stuff done, it's Jim Lujan. Yeah, he knows how he likes to work and how to make things work for him as well. Yeah, it's true. He's really built up his own arsenal of DIY hacks that really help speed him along in making his stuff. Yeah. So we're eager to hear from you, dear listeners. What's one of your favorite DIY animation hacks or tips? Come to oatleyacademy.com forward slash go forward slash DIYA5 
and share them with us in the comments or comment on anything else you liked in the episode. Let's all fill up our DIY animation toolboxes together. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. Teamwork. Oh, yeah. Next time in part three of Jim's interview, we learn about the history of the Ghettomation podcast. Jim gives more killer tips for your DIY animation audio needs. And we find out what Jim feels DIY animators need the most. Oh, it's going to be so good. I can't wait. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. All right, everybody. We'll catch you on the flip-flop. Follow your heart. And have fun animating. Yeah. Woo-hoo. The DIY Animation Show is a production of the Oatly Academy of Visual Storytelling. We're your hosts, Jessica Dahl and Lauren Morse. Our producer is Chris Oatley. Our assistant producers are Anya Marcos and Ejua Ebeneba. Our mix engineer is Z John Yan. Our theme music was provided by Asio Flux. Subscribe at DIYanimation.show. Find more art and story podcasts featuring insights from some of the most inspiring voices in animation, games, vis effects, comics, and children's books at friendsofdiya.com. We'll see you next time. Oh, Jess. Oh, no, she's gone again. Oh, oh we have to fake it. <laughs> yeah, so do you want to do Jess's voice? And uh... I think you're great, Jim. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it with an Oklahoma accent. <laughs> I don't know how to do an Oklahoma accent, so I won't. Me neither. <laughs> so good.